club called 1018. Oh, I remember 1018. 1018. All the Spanish people were there, Yeah, right? the old Spanish, Roxy. Yeah, old Spanish club. I think I was about 16 years old, and he was just standing there, and he just had, like, a trillion dollars worth of jewelry on him. Yeah, he said... <laughs> and, like, four chicks. Oh, no! <laughs> and that was the first oh. time I ever witnessed Mike Tyson. Dude, I was just watching you last night. Shark and Tank, what? Shark Tank? Oh, Shark that's Tank, off the baby. fucking hook. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I love it. Good, man, we have, a, we have a good time. Woo! Mike, you want to bring us in? I'm going to be... Uh... Nah, come on. Bring us in. <laughs> bring us in, dude. Bring us in. Already. You want me to bring us yeah. in? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. Do you I'm smoke Evan weapon? Britton. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, man! You want to do it again? <laughs> yeah. Start it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll air it out if we have. No, 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 no. I enjoy it. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, no. Give him water. He needs the there water. There you go. Yeah. Get your water. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. Mike, we got a great guest here, brother. Oh, man, this is a m- really memorable one. We're not going to forget this one. <laughs> the one, the only, Damon John. Welcome, oh, my brother. Thank you. FUBU in thank the house. FUBU, baby. F-U-B-U. Hell yeah, I love it, man. All right. Thanks for coming. It's an honor. I am excited. Have you guys known each other yeah, for a while? For years. I've seen them for years. They get back uh, and yeah, we, 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 you know, we have a lot of history. A lot of history that Mike probably doesn't know. He, he might know. Might not remember. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta tell us. I did a lot of parties. Yeah, tell yeah. us. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, man. we do. Um, well, first time, obviously, that, that, that I ever... He didn't know me. First time I remember getting a couple of dollars, and I went to this, went to this club, and I snuck in. And that's the first time I saw the heavyweight champion of the world. He's snuck in a club? Club called 1018. Oh, I remember 1018. 1018. All the Spanish people were there, Yeah, the old Roxy. Yeah, old Spanish (laughs) club. I think I was about 16 years old, and he was just standing there, and he just had like a trillion dollars worth of jewelry on him. Yeah, he said... (laughs) And like four chicks. Oh, no! (laughs) And my dude outside was a stick-up kid, and they said, yo, Mike Tyson's in there. And they were like... (laughs) We ain't sticking up that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. They was, we was about to take, he was about, my boy was about to take his chain off and give it to Mike. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Here's another one, big man. And that was the first oh. time I ever witnessed uh, Mike Tyson. I forgot those That's days. That's awesome. Those wild yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's epic, dude. Growing up in New York City. That's amazing. Well, I was just, I just read an article about you. Yeah. And it, about it. it made it was really interesting because it ties directly to something we we just talked about earlier today, which was the hip hop culture in New York City. Yeah. When Mike was coming up, tying Mike to the hip hop community, but then how you how FUBU was really inspired out of that as well. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Well, when we came up in New York in those days, you know, um, we didn't really have anybody to look up to, you know, in 84 and 85. And what we did have to look up to was this young emerging group of drug dealers because crack had just started to devastate the neighborhood. So we had these people in our neighborhood named Supreme and Fat Cat and Caldy and all these people that we used to look up to. We wanted to be like them. 
But on the flip side, thank God, I grew up in Hollis, Queens, and they say something must be in the water because the same exact time, hip-hop started to hit Hollis, Queens. And instead of just having an envy Supreme Team and all these guys, we started to look at people who all came from Hollis, Queens. Run DMC, LL Cool J, Salt and Pepper, Tribe Called Quest, uh, Lost Boys, Ja Rule, Onyx, 50 Cents. And we started to see all these guys and we started to say, wait a minute, we can make money doing something we love and I don't have to go to jail. You know, and and, um, and, and, and so hip hop just started to inspire me, but I realized I couldn't rap, sing, or dance. I could dance, actually. I started to dance. Actually, you know, I, I started to dance, to tell you the truth. And then I remember um, going to an audition for, to, for Houdini to become a dancer for Houdini. And they said, okay, I'll take you on tour. My mother said, you ain't going on no tour. You're 16 <laughs> years old. And then Jermaine Dupri, this kid out of Atlanta, took my position on we that tour. We know Jermaine. Oh, wow. Right? But it's funny. I started being able to go on these tours in like 86, like just, you know, roadie. And um, all of my friends and I, if we didn't know how to rap, we all aspired to be something in that space. So one of my friends said, I'm going to be the best movie director. My other friend said, I'm going to be the best um, uh, music uh, executive. I said, I'm going to be in fashion because somebody got to dress all these people. And my other friend said, man, I'm still going to stay a drug dealer. (laughs) But those friends that were being Irv Gotti, um, Hype Williams, my other friend who says he's going to be the best drug dealer still in jail, and Hype made the movie Belly about him. Oh, so we wow. all ended up hitting what we wanted to be, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. But it changed my life, and I was—I I just was—I was really just making the clothes so I could so I could be the last person they kicked off the video set. Yeah, because I just wanted to holler at all the video girls. <laughs> and so when no they doubt, when, when they about to come and kick me off, I'm like, Nah, yo, I'm, I'm about to dress the artist, man. <laughs> I had the same stinking ass T-shirt, talking about I'm going to dress the artist, so they didn't kick me off. How old were you? I was, uh, I was about 19 at that time. Wow, 19, 20 dude. at the time. That's amazing. Tell us the story about you guys getting LL Cool J to throw one of your shirts on. And that kind of started this whole initial campaign. Yeah, so L lived in the neighborhood, and um, I think they were shooting the Hey Lover video or something like that around the neighborhood. But uh, what I did at first was I I used I only had a couple of shirts. So what I did at first is I used to make only four X's and six X's because I knew the big guys didn't have a lot of fashion at that time. Yeah. Right. And I knew that the big guys were going to wear a six X and wear my style every day if they could, because now they had something fly to wear. And usually they were the bodyguards. Yeah. So I dressed as many of them as I could. And after L saw those things for a while, he started to get used to the product and, and was like, you know, he wasn't afraid of it. And I remember him, him trying to, he was, he was about to come out here to shoot in the house. And I, I, I stood outside of his door for about five, six hours and I begged him to wear it. And he said, you know what, you know, I, I couldn't look at my community in the face if I didn't support you. So if you ever get anywhere and you won't, <laughs> you take care of me. And he took one shot when, I was le- when, when he was leaving to California and I, would ne- I, I thought I'd never see him again. Because he moving out of the neighborhood, and we took that picture and we just ran with it everywhere. That's crazy, dude. That's all she wrote. That's all she wrote. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was good. Good time. No, it's awesome, dude. Mike, you know LL? Yeah, he's gonna do the show. Oh yeah, we got him. Do, he's doing the podcast. We gotta have him on. Yeah, he's gonna do the podcast. Let me tell you, you, you want me to tell you another time I ran into Mike Tyson? Please, Uh-oh, let me know. Please. Mike was about to fight Lennox Lewis. And, and and so 
we heard the best way to get in touch with Michael. We all knew people like Kadar and a lot of people that Mike might make growing up with. And we was like, we got to get to Mike because he just, I don't know if he just came home, but he was, he was, he was, no, we, we just want to get to get a hold of him. And we call him Virginia, call him play, and we could never get to Mike because we want to dress him for the fight. And they were like, he also doesn't really wear logos on the trunks. I mean, he just comes in, you know, the way he comes in. So we, 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 we finally got a hold of Lennox Lewis and he was our boy and we dressed Lennox. Mike finds out we're dressing Lennox. <laughs> I go to his house in Vegas. There's a big party, Mike Tyson party. Now, my bodyguard used to work with Mike. His name is Grim. We're at the house. Mike comes out, and there's a bunch of people around him. He's having a good time, and then he walks up to me, and he just he pokes me in my chest <laughs> and put, like, a little hole in my oh, chest. Oh, man. And he said, yo. Why the fuck would you dress Lennox Lewis? He can't even sell pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, man, but, I, but Mike, we've been trying to get a hold of you. You, you, want, you want to do something? And he said, no, 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 I'm here to party. <laughs> and he looked at me really funny for a second. And my bodyguard, who knew his crew, said, yo, let's get out of here. I was like, no, nah, these girls. <laughs> he was like, here. He's like, no, Mike's about to knock you the fuck out. <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> He was like, I seen him smack motherfuckers, and they, he knocks them the fuck out. Like, let's get out of here, and I don't want to have to start fucking up all the people I know in here. <laughs> so I leave. About a year later, in Vegas, a trade show or something, I get on a plane. I was late. I'm running because you know, whatever happened. I said, you know what? I got to get a red eye. I got to head out of here. I'm going to leave my whole staff there. I get on a plane. Guess who sits next to me? Motherfucker Mike Tyson. <laughs> sits next to me and goes, Hello. <laughs> I go oh this motherfucker don't know who I am right so I just stand here looking out the window for most of the time and I said to myself I still I still this was about a year and a half or two years ago I still felt that pain from that that little poke oh. that he gave me and I remember the waitress bringing over the drink the, the drink and sat in between us and he fell asleep and all night I was trying to spit in his drink oh no, no. all night oh, I was like dude. you're evil <laughs> I like, I ain't never gonna Seriously? beat him. I, was, I, I, I ain't gonna beat him. So hold on, let me get a tuna fish sandwich so I can make sure there's some substance to this monkey. Oh, maybe uh, me. And I'm gonna now. spit in this motherfucker's drink right now. Oh no! I'm glad. I hope I, I hope I didn't I, drink. I it. never spit. Oh, no. I never. I was too afraid to spit in there. I hope so, I never drank it. So when I walk, when we got oh, when we landed, when we landed, and we getting our bags, and then my partners on a plane, and Mike didn't really put together. It was me. And he didn't know all my partners together, and we were leaving. And he looked like he looked at us like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> "I'm not like that no more. Uh, I'm enlightened." That's <laughs> and crazy. After that, after that, it's been all love since my. Thank God I ain't spitting your drink, baby. Thank God. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God you didn't do that. Oh, man. But listen, isn't it good when you think about how God's been good? You see Supreme and those guys and Prince and all those guys messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Whew. It was hard, man, growing up. There was so many things that were taking us in the wrong direction because oh, we didn't know any better. Man, I never thought I'd live to be 25 or anything like that. Me neither. We were all never, told that we'd yeah, be dead uh, in jail yeah, by 21. Never, my mother told me that never in a million years thought I'd be alive. And we're here. Yeah. We're here. God is good. Driving. You know what I mean? I think that I was, as a little kid, I was dyslexic, and my father had left at 10, and I never would see him again or speak to him again. And, you know, I kind of became the man of the house at that age. And my mother, a brilliant and hardworking woman, she worked as much as she could, but I just didn't want to see her work that hard. And I just always wanted to be able to, I, I felt bad if I would ask my mother for something because I know she ain't got it. 
And when we were growing up, the same way I loved fashion, you know, listen, I wanted a bubble coat or I wanted an eight ball jacket or I wanted some Vasco jeans or something like that. And I just felt like the only way to do it is by earning it. Um, and then I just became really good with numbers. And then we used to have this gang in with two, two type of gangs in my neighborhood called Hollis Crew and another one called Boom Bash. And, um, and because I was a little kid, I was really small. I realized that the best way to, uh, to not get beat up and to have these cats really just, you know, uh, make sure I was okay was to explain to them how they should make money doing what they do. And they would always just say, leave little man alone. And I started getting known as little man with, with the with little 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 smart man, you know what I mean, around the neighborhood. And no matter what, any if I had a problem, they'd be like, "Yo, leave little man alone." And I said, "Listen, I can I can make moves doing this. I can I can get places doing this, you know." So, um, and that grew into it was always my validation to get on a video set or 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 or, or be one of the people that they left alone or or something of that nature, or because they they valued a brain. They would just basically say, you know, little hustler, and they, they, they value that. That's pretty awesome. And I was just the other guy in the neighborhood to just rob anybody. had no ethical <laughs> use rob, rob a church. Just rob anybody, you know. If there's an opportunity, my mother's boyfriend, we get drunk, fall asleep, fucking get his pocket. Just rob anybody. But you would have thought that the dude who helped you figure out how to handle money would have probably been pretty valuable. Yeah, extremely valuable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because these are the things that you never learn in school, you no. know, even going to college. No. You know, unless you're majoring in finance or something like that. Yeah, but if, they, if you're majoring in finance, they'll teach, you, they'll teach you how the numbers work, but then they won't teach you how to sell. Right. All right? So you, you'll get one aspect of it, which is, which is extremely valuable. But then how do you find your customer? How do you sell? How do you produce a good? You know what I mean? Like how do you couple all those things together to make it, you know, to make it work? Yeah. Bombus, man. Great I company. think it's awesome. Well, homeless people, that's the most requested um, item in socks. Yeah, well, yeah. tell the them, Damon. Yeah, and, uh, they came on the show. They were doing about 800000 I think, a year. And now I think they're going to do about $100 million a year. Um, but more importantly, they, learned, they, they taught me a very valuable lesson. Um, you know, years ago when we used to just give at the end of the year, you know, at the office, give to charitable organizations. But like you just said... Uh, the homeless have a, a special need, and every time these uh, the the bombers people sell a pair of socks, they give a pair away to the homeless. And what I learned is today's customer, today's consumer, they want to know that they every time they spend a dollar that they've contributed toward the betterment of something else, some other cause or whatever the case is. And they don't give at the end of the year no more. They basically say at the end of the year, I've given to five hundred different organizations, and. Because today, everybody, you know, you, you open up your phone, everybody sells everything. Yeah. So now it's even more important to know that there's a backstory behind it and the people aren't just trying to make a profit. Nothing wrong with that, but the people are also helping other people on the way. And it really has changed a lot of the ways that I do business and I look at business. You know, when, I, when FUBU was really big, we never advertised that we gave to people that needed it because we didn't want to profit off of people's um, – Emotions. Uh, yeah, yeah, emotions and challenges. But now you almost have to tell people what you're doing or they won't value you. Yeah. So a lot of people listening to this, man, if they're, they're, they have a product or a service or whatever, make sure people know the story, you know, on, on how you're going to uh, make sure the other people benefit off the purchase. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about Tyson Ranch? It's got a hell of a story. I, I think it's great. I think it's an amazing story. I was in there looking at uh, looking at all the things that are going to happen. 
Yeah, I love the fact that there's a, there's a side there's a family uh, side to it as well. You know, I love the live entertainment. You know, so it looks like you know you, you you're making sure there's a full spectrum of services because a lot of people want to probably touch the Tyson brand and have a great experience, but they don't they can't necessarily touch it this way, but they'll be able to touch it this way. Yeah, and also um, Tyson Ranch is also associated with um, Standing United, which is also a group that helps um, addiction and homelessness. That's as right. Well. That's yeah. right. See, case in point. Yeah. Well, and also you know cannabis as medicine mm-hmm. for athletes who endure you know lots of injuries and concussions and all of that stuff. Yeah. I use I use CBD and I've been you know I've I've messed around a little bit because I had a thyroid cancer two years ago. Yes. So, um, so yeah. Did you you utilize some CBD and yeah? So tell me, um, ever during that moment, did you ever have doubts that you may not come out cool? You know, I I didn't know I had the cancer until the surgery, and then when I was taking just a lump off my thyroid, then they told me. That the one and a half, the one hour surgery became three and a half hours of taking out this 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 thing, but it, it was concerning because, thank God, the uh, thyroid cancer is the slowest growing cancer, but it was already in my body for about three years and it was moving up to my lymph nodes, and um, I wouldn't have known about it unless I was smart enough to go get an executive physical and, and check on myself ahead of time, and uh, I'm cancer free, so 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 I'm good, but <clears throat> it was a very scary time because you know, listen. You know, the, it's, it's just something you just don't know how it's going to affect you, mm. you know? Wow, man. Thank God you're, but, you're clear, but, yeah, though. Yeah, but it's even better now because yeah, I'm good. Man. Yeah, right? and, it's and, awesome. And, and, and it made me start going and getting those yearly physicals, those executive physicals, and checking up on myself because a lot of us neglected ourselves for so, for so yeah. many years, you know? Yeah, you talk a lot about that, taking good care of That's yourself. That's not what we do in the black family. We don't go no. to the house. We get no. money. Yeah, because we, we don't have surviving. money. Yeah, yeah, we don't think about yeah, that. Yeah, you don't think we about it. We get money. We get surviving. We get our clothes. We want people to respect us, look up to us. Yeah. You know, we want to be something in the community. Yeah, we so we want to get clothes to get a job. You know what I mean? Buy a suit to make sure we look clean. We didn't. We, we weren't thinking about taking care of ourselves because, like Mike said, we ain't even going to be around after 21. So why, why should we be worried about it? Because it ain't, it ain't going to be cancer that kills us as far as we're, we're told. No way. You know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, Mike and I are here to show that that's not the case. No way. No doubt. That's not the case. No doubt. Mike, so how did you decide that Damon was cool in your eyes after the Lennox no. <laughs> debacle? Listen, I don't know how these guys look at themselves, man. These guys were part of our community, man. What they were doing was, man, it was, what can I say? It was a form of, like, giving us something. We had something that was us. It was from us, by us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 those uh, those words, um, they rippled across the nation and across the world, and everybody supported them. That's why they became who they were. Everybody always respected them. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's always people that had hate in them a play, but I bet you they wore the product. It's just what it is, you know what I mean? When you when when the idea has come and its time has come, nothing can stop it. And that's how football was. When their time has came, nothing can stop them. We're just rolling down all the competition. Do you feel that way? You know, I was too close to it. I was just doing what we loved. I was just um, I was just trying to just make sure everybody got 
you know, got to be able to touch the brand and understand that we just loved hip hop and we loved. Yeah, because these guys and, are out in the community. They weren't yeah. hiding. They weren't hiding behind yeah. the mansion, and then they was in the community. People could see them. People could touch them. Yeah. They were at the club. They were at the celebrity basketball thing. They were. They were there. You could touch them. You yeah, know? It, it was just a good feeling. You know, to feel like you belong and not having to watch your watch your back, and then then starting to see actually people say. You know what? I was I was always wanting to be an entrepreneur, and because of you guys, you made me feel like I could be one. Um, and and then also loving the fact that listen, other cultures had valued the brand as well. And you know, we weren't bigots. We would love to say that listen, this is powered by an African American culture called hip hop. But if you love hip hop, we'll rock with you. You know, you know, people had always asked me, were you only going to just dress uh, people of color? No, listen, if Eminem wanted to, he was one of the baddest rappers on the planet. If third base wanted something, no problem. I don't, I don't, I didn't care who it was as long as they loved hip hop. You I had some FUBU hip-hop. jeans. My man, there you go. It's love. I did, man. <laughs> I love it. Everybody did. I, I mean, I was thinking that reading this article today about, like you were talking about, Mike, um, it's as if, you know, this thing had to come into existence, you know, this, this company, this, mm-hmm. this idea that you had. And it's amazing that, you know, you were put here on the universe to bring this into the African-American community, you well, know? Yeah. You know, I, I, I would have to give credit to have you ever heard? Of, have you ever heard of um, Reggie Lewis? Yeah. From oh, Beach, uh, uh, Beaches. Huh? From Beaches. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just checking on you. For sure. It's checking on your IQ. Sure, 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 sure. Reginald Lewis. But, you know, I I, I got inspired by Carl Kanai and I got inspired by Cross Color. So, um, you know, I got to give it up to those who inspired me as well. Yeah. And, um,. So I think maybe they were they were they were born to do that, and then then I then I, I followed in their, their their footsteps a little bit. Yeah, well, I think it's all in the chain. Carl was off the hook know? too. Carl was great. Yeah, Carl was. Off it's the all hook. in the chain of energy of how things get created and brought into the world, man. So it's awesome. Nah, that's true. And I think it's cool that you've transitioned it into a new company, really. Yeah. Into a licensing company. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think you never hear that about businesses, right? You know. And so I think if you could talk a little bit about that, I think that's really interesting yeah, how you, know, you did that. Well, when FUBU, you know, most fashion brands, hot brands, you know, they stay hot for five to seven years, right? And then they kind of go off and they return every 10 or maybe 20 years. Now, we're not talking about, you know, like Louis Vuitton or Nike that have this consistency. you got the, the unicorns of the world. But recently, over the last two, three years, you know, FUBU has had this resurgence. Now, we always have licensed because, you know, to, to expand globally, you can't just do it yourself. You license something into Korea. You license something in other territories. You license different categories. So, like, we won't make boots. We'll say, have somebody else make boots. Somebody else make fragrance. And recently, you know, I, I, you know, the, the 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 kids and people out there have just been requesting food. I guess because maybe the things that happened with Gucci and Prada, or all these other things, where people would start to say, you know, when are we going to Dan? Can we get Dapper Dan? Dapper Dan, absolutely. <laughs> Can we get Dapper, Dapper Dan? Dapper we got to get Dapper Dan here too. Oh yeah, to get yeah. Dapper. I think he's being honored at the Met yeah. the Met Gala this yeah, year. He's so off the hook. He's, he's the greatest. He's the greatest. And um, and and yeah. So so. 
we started to turn it into a licensing company to license out the, the, the name to people we think are going to add value to it and expand the brand. And that's what we've been doing. And people have been calling us now for FUBU documentaries and movies and scripted shows about the crazy days of FUBU with, uh, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, fashion, you know what I mean, and all the crazy stuff. So, so it's really good. We, we turned it into a great licensing company. That's awesome, man. Well, it's really – it sort of has its own identity. It's like a cultural icon. Yes, yeah, I, I would say it's the first hashtag, right? Or yeah, yeah, <laughs> or, or one of the or it's hashtags for clothing. That's great, you know? dude. First hashtag. Well, what else you got going on, man? You've got an, you're going to be interviewing Mike. I'm going to be interviewing Mike. I got okay, I got a new cool. book coming out. Yeah, nice. tell us about the book. What's your yeah, book the book's called about? Power Shift. Right, it's going to be um, you know talking about the art of the three processes of how you progress, whether in business or in life, where you know you nurture a relationship, then you negotiate a relationship, and then you and then you make sure. How do you how program your mind to do that, though? Well, I'm going to be asking you. Okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that interview is about. Because I mean, think about it like this. I mean, I'm going to be. I, w- I want to know how how did Mike how did how did Mike um, you know negotiate the or get ready and influence and cr- the credibility of before walking in the ring. How many of his opponents did he mentally beat before ever stepping into the ring? And then you got to beat yourself first. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. Our biggest challenge in life is ourself. That's you got to influence yourself first. Yeah, you know, life is a trip. You know, um, we think our life is only physical. Yeah, we think with most people. I'm not thinking. I'm not saying everybody because we believe that once we dead, it's over. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, but it's not. But it's not. No, it's not over. And that's 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 what I want to get to. You, you don't. You don't. You know. Listen. It's uh, you know. It's no easy, easy feat to be the, the 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 baddest man on the entire planet. Yeah. Right. So you know when, when in uh, so when people think about it, I want to I want to know what mentally you have to go through. You know what I mean? To be the baddest man on the on the in the whole world. Yeah. You know, so the mentality. It's got to be because it starts there, right? Can't be physical, right? We just think it first. Oh yeah, we are who we are right now. What we think we are, we are who we are right now. We're not even real. We're who we thought we we thought ourselves up. We summon ourselves because of our thoughts. It's a trip, bro. Well, right now I'm a blunt <laughs> <laughs> for being in this room. Then that's yeah. I, I, that's what I think I am right now. I'm a blunt, David. You're in for a ride, bro. Oh, <laughs> I can't feel my toes. Oh no! <laughs> and then he lights one yeah. as soon as I say yeah. that. That's what Mike does, man. And you've got an album. Got an album I coming have a motivational. out. Oh, oh man, I was gonna say singing. No, no, no. I ain't gonna play myself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, uh, yes, right. I, I got a. Uh, you know. A lot of times when we hear, you know, my speeches, you know, um, uh, you know, once you hear it once, you don't really need to hear it again. But if you can score it, and I remember I was driving down the street, and it was one of the days when obviously it was Martin Luther King's uh, birthday, and you know, that's this hands down to me one of the greatest speeches ever written. And somebody was a DJ was playing it, and he was just putting some music behind. It. I was like, man, I want to go to the gym mm. to work out with this speech. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, that's dope. So my friend was like, listen, why don't I just put some. You know, music is something to your to your joints. So when somebody is, you know, on the subway or in a car or running on the treadmill, they can just listen to it and empower themselves. He said, because all the stuff I hear right now is bitches this, suck a dick, <laughs> shot a motherfucker. And they were like, I, I don't want to work out to that. I want to work out to something that's about me. Yeah. Like, yo, you can do it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, da, 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 da. So, so we're putting that out and we got a bunch of tracks out now and, um, and we're doing that. And then I'm, I'm, I'm about to start shooting the 11th year of um, Shark Tank. Dope. Shark Tank, 11, 11 years of seeing these amazing entrepreneurs come on there. 
and uh, 11 years of fighting with Mr. Wonderful um, <laughs> and having a good time. So, you know, it's been a blessing. You know, listen, I'm, I'm 50 years old and, and listen, I've been an adult, right, since 20. I never would have thought that one third of my life I'd have been on, a, on ABC, you know, doling out money and having a good time. It's awesome, man. Show you used to watch all. I mean, the, the network used to watch all the time. You was a little kid. Huh? Yeah, Fonzie. Yeah, the network. <laughs> the, the network that Fonzie was on. That's crazy. Dude. So, I'm the new black Fonzie. Good for you, man. We love you no, for it. You're the new black Damien. There's no one like <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, dude. You're the one of a kind, person. man. All right. You're one of a kind. <laughs> I was asking Mike, who do we have on? Oh, we were talking to Tony Touch. Tony earlier. Touch, the DJ. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And we were talking about how so many superstar talents came out of New York when you guys were coming up. Yeah. Look, New York, I'm going to tell you something about New York. This is what I've, um, my whole concept. I was is. born in New York myself. If New York people, if they NYC, see something. baby. No, if they see somebody that's from their neighborhood, from their culture, that everybody next to them do something great, Fuck it, I could do that too. Yeah, yeah. If he did, I, I don't care. If it's somebody else from another coach, and I'm like, well, he's supposed to have that. Maybe that's not for me. I'm not. But if somebody that he knows this thing, oh, I could do that shit. Yeah, yeah. And that inspires everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah, it's true for sure. Is it? Yeah. New York is the ultimate hustler, yeah. man. No, yeah, like man. in a small hungry town, people, hungry, hungry people. In a small town, if there's a superstar, everyone's like, oh, they were special. Mm-hmm. But in New York, because mm-hmm. you're just right in there yeah, with all that energy. Got ego and yeah. hustle. Everybody's like, I want to be yeah, great. I can do that. I want to be great. I can do that. No problem. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's awesome. They got so much determination, but they just don't know what to do with it. But now I got a goal. This guy gave me a goal. Yeah. Even if it's being the best gangster or what the best basketball, yeah. whatever it is, whatever direction it is, that my hunger and determination, my will to succeed, succeed is going to get me there. Yeah. It'll harden you growing up there because, you know, you got to go through 15 obstacles just to get to the store and get back, right? You got to. Oh, listen, you got to go to the store for your mother and all the yeah. robbers in front of yeah, the store. Yeah. The You're number runners are out there. The store. And they may not be chilling oh, for you. They get man. into a fight in front of you, and then then all of a sudden, yeah. then the cops come, and we it, all got to run because everybody's arrested. I'm just trying to get some uh, damn they's bread. They might say, yo, yo, come here, shorty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your pocket come here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you got to get on the train to go. If you if you go into the city, and you got to get on there with a thousand people, there's a bum peeing on you. crazy. You know, and. And, and somebody picking your pockets. The, they Dude, fighting on right, the train, yeah. right in front of you. What motherfucker, yeah. you bitch, boom, boom. They fight right in front of you. Yeah, right train. in front of you. You're like, yo, pardon me. This is my stop, homie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. It's so, cold, Yo, listen, New York, you know, it's listen. It's a trip. You see a guy, a girl stand up, a nice looking girl, you see a guy rubbing on her. Yeah. She's like, get the fuck away yeah. from her. She can't. It's a trip, Be careful rubbing up on women in New York. Those oh, women are some of the toughest men I know. Yeah. They don't fuck you they up. They will fuck. knock you out. They don't give they will a knock you the fuck. fuck out. You will catch a buck 50 in the face quick. They throw lie. They got lie in their pocket, prepared to throw yeah. up people. Walking around with lie in your pocket. I'm not sure. I'm, I, you know, I know a lot of people here. Here, Mike and I talk. When I say a buck fifty, you know that, that, that means a razor. That means a razor blade face. cut across the face, where you have 150 stitches. For those who you don't know, but you mess with a woman in New York, and they'll they'll hook you just yeah, like, like that. They like cutting those pretty fa- faces too. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So that's why I decided to sell hats and t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't Fuck gonna get that. no buck fifty. That's insane. Who were some of your inspirations growing up, like some of the guys you looked up to in business? Um, I looked up to 
little business. Um, and maybe it was maybe it was a drug dealer, man. I don't know. No, I definitely looked up to as we were just talking about Supreme, but I looked up to Russell Simmons. Um, I really loved, uh, you know, all the stuff that um, you know. I loved Muhammad Ali, obviously, um, for for seeing his brand grow the way he the, how, how amazing he was. But we didn't have a lot, you know. You know, we didn't really have a lot to look up to where we saw that we were looking at somebody like our, our color, you know? See, we had Reggie Lewis, but nobody was hip to him. Yeah, yeah, Ebony Essence and, 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 and also the Johnson, um, the people on that, uh, Johnson Publishing, too. Yeah, but they weren't like Reggie that. Lewis. Yeah, Reggie they Lewis weren't Reggie Lewis. the first big shot dog, man. Yeah, and, but, we didn't know, but we didn't know about him. Like, social nobody media wasn't out. Was. It, it was very hard. Was. And nobody's writing them up. And, and the only time you saw somebody even on TV with money, if they weren't, uh, you know, a basketball player, I, I always just look at this entrepreneur on TV, but it didn't look like he was doing that well. It didn't look like Fred G. Sanford, the junk man, yeah. was doing that well as an entrepreneur. So we didn't have many many people to look up to. I'm depressed. What did man. Reggie Lewis do? Mike knows the full story on Reggie. Yeah, Reggie Lewis, is, um, he's, a, he's a young guy, um, African-American guy back in the day, and he started this company called Beatrice. Start looking, look him up. Look him up, matter of fact. Beatrice? Yeah, Reggie Lewis. Beatrice Foods. Basically, no man, you're not depressing like, me. I'm just feeling it's like Goya. Yeah. This, okay. Look what he did. Watch his accomplishments. Um, Beatrice, Reggie. Yeah, Reginald Lewis. Yeah. So he had like uh, I, I, it's very very similar. It's a food service company, I believe. It was is like a version of Goya. So they made uh, Beatrice C E at the end. I'm dyslexic. I don't know. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yep, Reginald Lewis. Talk about read us, talk, talk to us about him. He was one of the richest African-American men in the 1980s and the first African-American to build a billion-dollar company, TLC Beatrice International Holdings. In 1993, Forbes listed Lewis among the 400 richest Americans with a net worth estimated at $400 million. Recruited to top New York law firm Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison LLP immediately after law school, Lewis left to start his own firm two years later. After 15 years as a corporate lawyer with his own practice, he moved to the other side of the table by creating TLC Group LP, a venture capital firm in 1983. Yeah, you know who else I looked up to? I looked up to this guy named Ralph McDaniels who had a, yeah, he uh, was had off a video, video music box. Yeah, that's, way, my, that's my man, Ralph. Yeah, before BT and before VH1. And then I also looked up this great DJ everybody used to love named Frankie Crocker. I know Frank. He's dead now. But yeah. Frankie Crocker was the man. He was. He was. He was. He was the best. Every time I used to see Frankie Crocker, he said, "I raised you, boy. I raised." I you. never met Frankie Crocker. <laughs> no, yeah. Frankie Crocker talk shit. Oh <laughs> man, Ralph McDaniel, video music box. Frankie, yeah. Frankie Crocker. Everybody, like most of the big artists, Jay, Puff, all of them, they all begged at one time or another for Ralph to either play their video or put them on their show. Ralph, uh, wow. and he's still boots on the ground, still an amazing guy who just really cares about the community. Off the hook, beautiful person. Yeah, great beautiful person. Beautiful person. But at the end of the day, you know, I think all of us at the table have been around the world, and I, I can I can try to complain all I want, but I've seen... I see some shit. Right? Yeah, yeah. I may be sure. talking about getting robbed a couple for times with sure. a store, but I've seen pe- I've seen places where people are drinking out of the same water the animals are shitting oh, no. in. Right? So absolutely. So well, we've seen yeah. some shit, and um, you know what? I, I I'm not here to complain. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, no, I, exactly. I, I'm, I'm here. To, I'm here to be. You know, 
exactly. be positive and say that no matter who you are, whether you're, you know, any one of us at the table, you can make it. You can Absolutely, make it. man. You can make it. No doubt about it. You know, I appreciate there's really that. bad places out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when people have no rights, no human rights. They have no human rights. They're, they're still in slavery, you know? And stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. Well, Shit, man! It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you, man. I had a good Thank time. Thank you very yeah. much. My, I've been I've been wanting to tell Mike the spit in your drink story for about fifteen <laughs> oh, years. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> that's an amazing story. I want to get that off my chest in a safe environment. Yes, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah, you overcome your sin, young man. Thank you. God, <laughs> I appreciate God it. God will forgive you. <laughs> now light some of that devil's lettuce. Awesome, brother. There you go. Thank you, man. <laughs> the I devil's lettuce. It. I like that. The devil's lettuce, Thank you, yeah. brother. Hey, everybody! Thanks for. Checking this episode out of Hot Boxing. I'm and Evan really Britton. was hot. Not Mike Tyson. <laughs> it was hot as hell with our hey, man Damon. Hey, you want Damon. anybody to know anything about you, Damon? Yeah, 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 catch me up on uh, Instagram. I'm the Shark Damon, like Raymond with a D. Or catch me on um, uh, um, Shark Tank and, uh, and all that good stuff. And check out my motivational tracks to you know, get, get yourself excited. Hell yeah, I'm going to check yeah, them out. No doubt. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, everybody. Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Until next time, we're out of here. In the house! Ow! Thanks, man. That was awesome. Thanks, man. That was dope. I had fun. <laughs>